Yeah, my name's uh, Rascal, Gizzy Rascal. Okay, great. Well, uh, thanks for speaking to me, Eco. Um, and I sent over a few questions, obviously, uh, and we're going to kind of broadly discuss, I think, the relationship between hunting and sabbing and sort of uh, race and and or ethnicity. Um, I guess maybe I should kind of preface this by saying that I'm sort of half Southeast Asian myself, um, but I'm probably the only non-white European Sab that I've met. Actually, that's not true. I've met one other uh, woman who's who's black who's involved, but apart from that, it's a very uh, sort of white European community. Uh, and that's I don't mean that in a sort of negative way. Um, but I thought it'd be interesting to talk about this um, as as it is clearly. Uh, an issue um so yeah uh would you be able to sort of briefly introduce yourself uh eco uh, and if you're happy to to do so sort of mention your just broadly your sort of ethnic or or sort of racial background but also talk about how you became involved with with hunt sabbing and whether you have a background uh you know like a rural background or a history with with animal rights yeah, sound. Uh, first off, thanks for inviting me on Ascom Remover. <laughs> uh, really happy to be here, fucking chat to you about this sort of stuff. And it is, it is a very important topic, I feel. Uh, one that not isn't really addressed within the Sabbing community a lot. And uh, yeah, you're right. In in my own experience, I've only come across one Sab of colour. Um, that's a nice phrase. I'm going to keep that one. Uh, <laughs> uh, but that was down in North London, which is uh, the opposite end of the country from where I'm from. Um, yeah, so... I'm a, I'm from Manchester Subs. Uh, that's uh, where I live, uh, the group I go out with. And uh, yeah, I'm um, of South Asian descent. Uh, but yeah, fucking uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I don't, yeah. I don't, oh, sorry. No, I don't have no rural background or anything like that. I'm pretty much a city slicker, fucking uh, through and through, innit? Yeah. <laughs> uh, raised there practically, so. Yeah. And um, well, just just say so you're actually the sort of second second Manchester sab in a row that we've had because the, the the previous episode was with with Puffer uh, about yeah his yeah you did about his injury in it yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah so you got sort of a, a, a not a rural background um, do you have a history with with animal rights or animal liberation stuff um, no not in the slightest actually. Okay. Um, <laughs> I mean, I I wasn't I wasn't really involved in any any sort of direct action or activist activities apart from just the general growing a protest and stuff like that. Um, I'm I'm young enough to be a student in it, so I mean I've done a bit of work over on that end. Mm. But other than that, nothing animal rights related. So uh, yeah. How did how did you end up uh, like getting involved in in sabbing then? Well, I mean, I followed the Manchester page uh, for about six months before I joined up, and uh, I. I kind of was like, you know what, I really want to get out there and actually uh, get involved in some sort of uh, direct action activity. I mean, looking all around me, basically, like all the different other, not necessarily groups, but uh, people I was involved with. A lot of people sit around, they like to chat about stuff and uh, not do anything. And um, they'll just they'll just chat about ideas. You'd be armchair activists, really. But what what I wanted to do is actually actually go out into the field get actually doing something uh towards towards a certain purpose goal that i was happy with and sabbing seemed like the best way for me to do that and obviously i came across the sub page and uh i saw these guys going out preventing foxes from well seeing foxes to safety essentially preventing hunts from uh, murdering innocent wildlife amongst doing other animal rights activities and uh, well, I was a vegan at the time, so I thought, you know what, this is, this is perfect. This is exactly what I feel like I can get involved in and start doing. So, yeah. Oh, nice. Was it um, your first first time out or your first couple of times out? Can Can you remember them and and what was what was that like? What How did you um, feel and and what were your thoughts about it? Well, it's it's interesting because I only joined up uh, last season, like at the start of it, uh, cubbing season. Well, cubbing part of the season, and um, so my first my first instances of going out were practically just sitting in the car kennel watching. It was the York and the South, uh, or fun times they were. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Yeah, I did. I did manage to get a, few, a bit of field experience during that season, but obviously COVID ruined it. Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, all for the better, really. I mean, the more hunts aren't out, the more well, less work uh, we have to do in it, and that's 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 the aim of it, yeah, <laughs> I suppose. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, no, I enjoyed it. I mean, it was uh, it was nice meeting new people, learning all the tactics, all the procedures, all the parts that come to being a sub, and like uh, it, it gives you a lot of interesting skills too. I mean, I didn't know map reading. Or even what OS maps was before I get, like became the sub. <laughs> so um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it was a, uh, it was it was alright. It was fun to begin with, but then once we started getting into the season, I realised how much fucking running was involved. <laughs> 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 yeah, uh, no complaints. Though. I'm more more than happy to do it. I suppose. <laughs> yeah. As someone that didn't have a a rural background, was it? Um, did it feel? Uh, unusual or did it feel anything sort of at all to sort of suddenly be spending like whole entire days out in the countryside oh too right i mean before that the only times i ever went out into the countryside was on family trips mm. uh and even then it'd be in the more touristy parts you know it'd be like the, the lake district but only like the the lakes in it the town parts of that you wouldn't actually really get to see much of the countryside unless you're on the motorway uh so it was definitely a change being able to actually get out into the countryside uh and and see what everything was like. Yeah. It was all definitely definitely a new experience for me when I started started going out regularly. Uh nice. Yeah. Yeah, join the sab see the world, I guess. Uh, exactly. I <laughs> <laughs> uh, should make a recruitment poster out of that. <laughs> um okay, so uh yeah, as as previously mentioned uh you're a you're a person of color uh and yeah, yeah. i'm just wondering uh to begin sort of uh that topic or discussion on that topic whether you feel that has had a bearing um on on your sabbing uh so far and i guess uh, i i guess has it made things more difficult for you in any way or has it not been an issue at all yeah, of course. Um, on this kind of topic, I feel like I can only represent my experiences with it at all, which obviously isn't going to be the experiences of every sub of color out there. Um, but in my experience, it's it's not really had so much of a negative involvement. I mean, it's 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 been it's been both sides of the coin. Obviously, you do you will get I mean racist members of the hunt who have obviously been racist to me, but. I mean, there's 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 a lot of parts of it, too. I suppose that can't rack that, like the support from Sabs and like just the community of Sabs in general. Um, but I did. I mean, the first mass Sab I ever did. Uh, I don't remember what hunt it was, but I arrived in the man car. I got out and I looked around, and I I, I didn't see a single person of color. And it it just dawned on me. I mean, I've had that sort of um, realization in all sorts of circles. Like going to the theatre, I look around and I'll be like, oh my god, I'm the only non-white person here. <laughs> yeah um it's it's just that what's the word for it it's it's not apprehension but it's like yeah you're wary of a situation where you're the only person of color hmm. um i know other people of color will understand what i'm talking about but it's just yeah 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 not necessarily out of your comfort zone it's just unusual to you and uh that was uh, that fell to the side as soon as i got talking to people because obviously the sabbing community a lot of them i mean in my experience, a very progressive, very supportive, there were good people in it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, so you kind of you mentioned there having uh, sort of uh, hearing or, or facing a bit of racism whilst whilst out in the fields. Um, are you able to um, expand on that a little bit? And has it solely been from the hunt, or have you also had sort of issues with with other sabs? Um, I'm I'm hoping that the answer to that is no, but I think it's a question worth asking. Yeah, of course, it is a question worth asking. And no, I haven't actually. Uh, again, like I said, all sabs are oh, good people. They've all been supportive. They've all been good, like yeah. in general, uh, on the nose when it comes to these sorts of issues. Um, but yeah, I have experienced racism from the hunt on uh, multiple occasions. Uh, I'll talk about my two most recent instances that have happened this season. Um, there was the men, or well, I'll, I'll preface this by saying basically, like when it comes to racism in the United Kingdom, you'll notice it more in a the way people speak to you and b the sort of interactions they have around you. 
mm. uh, they won't overtly be racist to you, even though I have experienced that kind of racism, not necessarily out on the field, but it'll be more more subtle, if you get what I'm saying. People in the UK like to keep their political beliefs under the surface. Yeah. But even though they're under the surface, you still can't you still can see them in it. Um so yeah, this this first instance I want to talk about was it was the Menno and South Staffordshire hunt. And uh, I was holding uh, a little gate. I was just standing on it uh, with another sab. And this this older lady, one of the support, uh, come up to me and say, you ought to go back to the jungle. Oh, fucking hell. <laughs> well, which, which, which I thought, I mean, I've never, I've never actually heard that one before. It's one of them old school plastic <laughs> ass racist insults. Uh, so I was, I was just taken aback. I was, I was shocked more than anything. I was like, wow. Yeah. So this is happening, I suppose. But I mean, a really good thing is all, all the subs around me just jumped in on that. Uh, they weren't standing for it. I mean, they provided so much support to me in that situation, asking me if I was all right, which I was. I mean, it was only a couple of words an old lady said, didn't it? But I mean, they were proper ragging on her for being racist about it, filming her, getting a, getting a picture and stuff like that. And I just thought, I mean, this is, this is proper nice. It is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, oh, great. And the second occasion was actually Saturday past. I was, um, to, well, to, to summarize the situation, basically a Sab's phone had been stolen and I was confronting an individual who I thought had the stolen phone. Um, and he turned around to another Sab and he went to him. I don't know how you people associate with people like him. Oh God. Well, yeah, I know people like me. I mean, he's a Sab as well. What, what, what sort of people are you talking about? Obviously <laughs> yeah. it's going to be people of color, isn't it? Um, well, it's, it's like that, isn't it? They won't overtly be racist to you. They won't shout slurs at you. Again, mm -hmm. this is only in my experience. I can't speak for the experience of other Sabs, but it's just stuff like that. Which I'm not too fussed about, really. I mean, they are racist, and they do they need to get slapped for it. But <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's it's not put me off sabbing in any way in the slightest. Yeah. Okay. Good. Good. And it sounds like from you know, especially with that first instance incident you mentioned, that um, you are. It sounds like the sabs around you are, are very supportive, and you know, in you know, definitely in solidarity with you. Yeah, too right, it. too right, and it's and it's a good thing. I feel like one of the most important things when it comes to sabbing is teamwork, mm. and when you've got people in the field who are who are responded to the racism that you're receiving as a sab, and they're supporting you and they're getting on uh, the the hunts person for you know being racist, it it just exemplifies that solidarity. Like that, that's teammates I know I can trust in the field now. You know, they're yeah. coming to back me up in a situation like this. And that, that, you know, it really brings together teamwork, I suppose. Like, I, I'm, I feel a lot more comfortable working with those Sabs out in the field now that I know that they've got my back. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's really great. I mean, in, in my experience, like, I, I personally uh, don't think I've personally faced any uh, sort of racism directed at me. I remember one incident where some uh, some Hunt supporters made some uh shitty comments about muslims um but we don't have don't have any um you know any uh muslims in in our group uh our group is basically all all white you know except me um and actually <clears throat> the most egregious example of racism i've seen out in the field was from another sab unfortunately um, oh seriously wow. yeah yeah it was I, I don't think it was they meant it I, well you know racism is racism i, yeah. I don't think they what they said is that there was a there was an one of the um one of the hunt uh was uh irish like very very clearly irish from his from his accent and um and they told the the huntsman to uh go back where you came from cool. uh, yeah. <laughs> um and i had to you know bring bring them up on that and you know f fair play to the to the sab they f as far as i know from then on that you know there's not no shittiness like that ever again but the fact that it slipped out that was that was i found that quite um shocking uh yeah a lot a lot of people wouldn't wouldn't think it but i mean the the irish people have been oppressed by the british just just as much as any other colonized country exactly yeah <laughs> yeah exactly. so i mean they were segregated i mean the irish people were segregated in pubs as well weren't they mm. um i don't know how long ago now but it was an instance that happened in in uh in britain 
Yeah, so this, it's, it's really that, interesting. Yeah, that famous pub, pub sign as well. Obviously, like no, no n words, no Irish, no dogs. Yeah, exactly, exactly, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, no, that's yeah. surprising coming from, from coming from a sub as well. Usually, I mean, you, in my experience, usually subs are again on the nose on this sort of stuff. They'll be very pro animal rights, pro like uh, LGBTQ, or like pro, well, anti-racist sort of anti-oppressionists in it. Yeah, I I agree, and and to be fair, that's one. That's really the only time in in sort of the decade or so that I've been involved in sabbing. So it was it is very very rare, um, but it, it has happened. But I I do think generally, like you said, sabs even compared to other campaigns or groups involved with animal rights are a lot more you know kind of progressive or or sort of on the on the yeah, sort of radical right. left, which which is. Uh, great one one of the things that i love love sabs and sabbing for really <laughs> yeah too right exactly exactly so it's a it's a community where i can uh, uh share these sorts of views with people and it? it's genuinely yeah. really good to have yeah um so i'm just wondering if uh having got involved with with sabbing whether your views or your relationship to the the countryside has has changed in in any way Oh, I have uh, <laughs> ruined my relationship with the countryside. <laughs> uh, well, I was um, I was driving on motorway. Um, it was the other week. I was dropping my partner off uh, to somewhere, and I look over to the car on the side of me, and I, I saw a Land Rover. It was a proper Defender. I, I like my four by fours, mate. I mean, being a sub, you can't not really in it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that's all we do: drive about in four by fours. In it, so I see this Landy, and I'm thinking, oh, that's a nice Landy, and I'm driving past it. I see the people inside and they were so obviously dressed for shooting. Yeah. <laughs> it yeah. put me in rage mode instantly. I was like, fucking hell, I want to run these guys right off the road, little fucking twats, <laughs> they are. And it's just just situations like that. I mean, like, obviously in Sabin, I've gotten to spend a lot of time in like tiny local towns as well that you pass through while you're doing a sub. And um, you do you do notice how white they are. <laughs> Yeah. Um and it it is informed my relationship with the countryside. I mean, I always wanted to wanted to 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 retire out in the countryside, basically relax, get myself a house or something, be out in nature and stuff like that. But now that I actually think about it, I mean surrounded by all these potentially racist white people and hunts <laughs> and so on and so forth, I don't I don't think I could do it no more. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I know um, how you feel. <laughs> yeah yeah i mean i do I, I think this country's got some beautiful wildlife beautiful nature and stuff like that and uh sabin's really made me appreciate that more um because you'll be out on a sab and you'll look over a shoulder or like just around you and you'll see valleys or like or you'll be on the moors or something you'll be able to see miles out and uh genuinely we do have some gorgeous countryside mm. um it's just the people in it <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah. yeah um sp- like speaking to your to your first experience i definitely i mean you know since getting involved with sabbing but especially those first th- two three four years that i was involved like the just the sight of a horse box or a, or a landy just um oh, they, right. they, all, they all become targets no matter where or <laughs> exactly. when you are <laughs> exactly 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 they do <laughs> um yeah and it's uh yeah i, I feel that i, I think I think you're right. The, the idea, once you sort of uh, get involved with having actually kind of see, I guess the thing about hunting is that it doesn't account for majority of people in the countryside. But what it no, does account, right, it doesn't. But it, what it does account for is it, so many people involved with the hunting and shooting community are the people that actually have the land and the power in the countryside. Unfortunately, um, that's the thing, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. So it's like, yeah, be, being out in 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 the country uh, you if if you were to sort of be out in the country you can't not be in the presence of that even if you know uh, a lot of people who are just kind of going about their lives in in the villages in villages and stuff are, or small towns are um you know yeah. fine fine people decent people <laughs> i'm sure i'm sure a lot of people out living in these towns and out in countryside are really fine people don't get me wrong a lot of them are subs as well which obviously do respect love that hmm. and what well, thing is like for 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 every hunt, there's uh there's about ten shoots. For every ten shoots, there's like a twenty odd badger baiters, lampers, and stuff like that in it. So I yeah. I suppose Sabin also reveals to you the sheer amount of fucking 
murder uh, that happens out in the countryside to our wildlife. And it has, it has um, enlightened me in that way as well. Yeah. Uh, just, the, just the sheer amount of destruction that's happening to our countryside by people involved in hunting. Hmm. Uh, yeah. You, you touched on this a little bit, but did you want to, are you able to talk any more about sort of the, the ways that it's um, sort of uh, the, the positive ways that it's influenced your experience of the countryside? Like how's it, how, yeah, you know, in, in what ways has, has it made it better or? I mean, uh, it's, it's, it's made me realize how much I actually uh, like the country that I'm living in, not the government, obviously, but <laughs> I mean, just, just, just the area. Uh, it's made me appreciate it more. Like I, I've always thought, oh, I want to go on holiday to so and so a place, or like another another country. But I mean, I've never, I've never actually had chance to go out and see what's in this country. And Sabin's made me really appreciate that there's so much out there in the countryside. And hitting so many different hunts, you really see the different range that this countryside has. You'll be on moorland, you'll be on like wetland, uh, you'll be on grassy plains and fields. You've been really hilly areas, and you realize we're all different, hmm. uh, different you know parts of countryside that it's it's sight to behold, really. Yeah, yeah. I that's I think that's probably especially true for um someone like you, like in in the region that you're in, because uh, the region that I'm yeah. in is flat as fuck, and it's the same <laughs> no matter where you go. <laughs> but it's you know it's still beautiful, and I, I think like you know when you're salmon because you're you're following the hunt wherever they go, and obviously you're not um, you're not paying attention to where you're supposed to not walk, and and you know uh, mm. because there's a sign up saying it's private property, you get to see yeah. some really beautiful woodlands and and wetlands and things like that, and that yeah, you'd never you'd right. never otherwise see. It's yeah, it's, it's great. Exactly. Yeah. 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 Definitely. Yeah. Um, okay. So I also included uh, a question which is quite long and it involved a, uh, a quote. I, I don't know if you remember this question and whether you wanted to, um, to, to answer it. Yeah. Yeah. Of course. If you want to just go through the question. Sure. Yeah. Okay. Um, so there is a, a quote. Um, the quote itself is from an academic survey, which I'll, I'll link in the notes for this podcast. Uh, but the quote itself is about how the Countryside Alliance tried to claim that hunting is a, a sort of a native white British pastime uh, and trying to equate it with, with other similar uh, sort of ethnic uh, traditions. Uh, so I'll just read the the full quote now, which is the country. Uh, the yeah, the Countryside Alliance's advertising tried to equate prejudice against hunting with racial prejudice. To this end, they created a national advertisement featuring two images of a black woman. The first shows her in ordinary clothes with the word prejudice. The second, shown underneath, has the same woman in hunting gear with the slogan "Tell me about it." Hunters claim to be a cultural minority equally deserving of special consideration as immigrant minorities within Britain. A pro-hunting campaigner told a crowd at a country fair that supporters of the traditional country way of life should be given the same rights as blacks, Muslims and gays. Um, so, yeah, I'm just <laughs> wondering what you Jesus your... Christ, there's a lot to unpack there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there is. <laughs> Just thought I'd jump in here to talk more about this Countryside Alliance advert. The woman featured on the placard was Sarah Lake and at the time she rode with the South Pembrokeshire Hunt, which now appears to have folded into the Cresselli Hunt, although apologies if I've pronounced that incorrectly. A 2003 Telegraph article about Lake says, She was born in Slough, wears denim instead of tweed, and is the daughter of an Afro-Caribbean father and English mother. Mrs. Lake will feature in a national advertisement intended to dispel the view that the hunting community consists entirely of what she calls titled toffs. Mrs. Lake, who is married to a farmer, developed her passion for riding while growing up in Slough. It's really important here to understand how the Countryside Alliance attempted to do something that, at the time, around the turn of the millennium, was pretty rare in the mainstream, but is a lot more common now. The Alliance t attempted to co-opt what could broadly be considered left-wing ideas to affect right-wing ends. 
Uh, it uses identity politics such as skin colour and occupation to defend an activity that is deeply entrenched in harmful socio socio-economic hierarchies. Uh, it is an identity politics bereft of class politics, a tactic that those on the right have, have effectively weaponized in, in Britain today. Um, but the Countryside Alliance were pioneering this in the late 1990s and early 2000s, and it was this, amongst other actions carried out by the Countryside Alliance, that led the authors of uh, Milestone Animal Liberation text Beasts of Burden to write the movement to defend hunting demonstrates all too clearly how the right to kill foxes is tied up with a wider agenda of defending the interests of landowners, opposition to rambling, etc. With its threat to unleash a violent, petty bourgeois, small farmers backlash under aristocratic patronage, the pro-hunting countryside alliance resembles a classic fascist movement in the making, albeit one with no chance of taking power. That zine was written, or it was published in, in 1999, so uh, a little bit before this stuff with the advert, but I think even then they recognised exactly what the Countryside Alliance was doing. Um, My other and podcast, as a side note, with Steve from Beyond Species, uh, the podcast Vital Processes, we take a much longer and more in-depth look at the Beasts of Burden zine. Anyway, just to, just to finish up, I did some digging on Sarah Lake, who is now Sarah Hughes, and it looks like she still lives in St. Florence, Tenby, Pembrokeshire, on the same, or roughly the same area as when uh, that advertisement and Telegraph article was, was happening. Um, her Facebook doesn't show any signs of recent involvement with, with hunting, um, but her husband's profile... Uh, it's pretty locked down, but it does share one pro badgercole post. Yeah, I didn't know if you wanted to share your thoughts on on the quote and also the idea that hunting is somehow like a should be a protected tradition for white British culture. <laughs> oh, it's ridiculous! It's ridiculous. There are so many parts of white British culture that isn't isn't related to hunting that you could be proud about, like. Uh, chippy food <laughs> uh stuff like that in it but it's it's just ridiculous i mean that part you were talking about in the advert where it's got two images of of the black woman first in ordinary hunt clothes and the second her in hunting gear right now i've i've never in my entire experience seen a person of color as a member of the hunt <laughs> that's included in support that's included in field riders including the actual hunt staff i've i've never seen it but what, yeah. what about you? Have you have you ever seen anything like that? Like uh, a member yeah. of the hunt that is a person of colour? Yeah, I think I mentioned it previously when we talked, but I when I was um as how long is it ago? Must have been about two thousand seventeen maybe, and I was yeah, out sabbing a, a hunt in, in my area and it was a pretty big ride and there was a uh, a, a black man in, in the in the field um and that's the one and only time I've ever seen someone that's not white um, in the field. And it was such a surprise that I like, yeah, it like immediately struck me just because it was, I realized I'd never seen anyone who wasn't white involved with a hunt before and haven't since um, where that person came from. I don't know whether he's a regular field rider, if he is just out for the day because of the area they were hunting in. Um, but it was, yeah, it was a real surprise. Yeah, so sound that's <laughs> shocking to me, honestly. It's you just wouldn't expect it. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's 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 ridiculous that the countryside alliance think they can equate themselves to minority struggle. I mean that part where they're saying supporters of the traditional country but hunt in life should be given the same rights as black Muslims and gays, like Jesus Christ. I oh, know. <laughs> <laughs> like what what rights are uh a black Muslims and gays afforded that the hunting community don't have? <laughs> well, they're, exactly, they're, they're the yeah. landowners they're the people who essentially uh well they're, they're big parts of the economy in the countryside aren't they it's, yeah and uh, it's also like the the implication there is that the the choice to hunt is somehow um the same as being you know born into 
being you know being black or born into islam or you know and that's clearly really not the case (laughs) (laughs) yeah it's it's really interesting too that they view themselves as an oppressed minority because they're simply not i mean you you just need to look at like the members of hunts themselves to be able to see i mean they get a lot of the funding comes from rich landowners and the aristocracy a lot of people in the hunt will have links to the judicial system the courts and the police system they'll have links to people in parliament and it's it's just ridiculous that they can consider themselves on the same level of oppression as as that faced by people of color people in the lgbtq community and people like muslims who are obviously uh attack that for their religion it's just it's ridiculous to me and shocking really that that they can see themselves like that yeah no i agree and something i didn't include here um but i think is also in in the um in the academic paper that this quote is is from is that the uh, sort of a oh maybe it wasn't that or maybe it's from an argument that the countryside alliance were using before the the ban came into place and they're trying to again use this kind of eth- ethnic tradition argument but one of the comparisons they made was to the kind of gypsy traveler lifestyle which oh, which really makes me laugh considering how much they love to throw um like hair coursing which i think broadly is associated uh, for you know truthfully or for better or worse with traveling communities um and just i don't know it's, it just seems like such a, a weird and bizarre um position position to take uh right yeah and i think really shows how it's to me it seems completely i mean maybe it's really obvious but like it just seems completely disingenuous on on their part and they're just using it as it doesn't mean anything it's just a tactic for them you know it doesn't they don't really believe it (laughs) 100 percent. yeah definitely well it's 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 interesting as well like in that quote that you you read out it was uh it was saying that the obviously the 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 advertisement was the black woman saying, tell me about it when she was in hunting gear. But I mean, at, at the time of that advert advertisement, I, that thing came out in 2002, I think you said. Yeah. Uh, but at, at that time, the only, well, what they would consider oppression that they were facing was from activist communities and the sort of oppression faced by black people, Muslims and, and the LGBTQ communities it's systemic and institutional. It's not, yeah. it's not a bunch of you know, ballied up people running at you in countryside. Like it's, <laughs> it's completely different. <laughs> yeah, I know, and it's, that was fucking. Yeah, it's like the, you know, the end of the night. It's, you know, not that things are great now, but they were definitely worse at that point in time, like the end of the nineties and um, and the early two thousands, because you're coming out of the, you know, coming out still on the tail end of the the worst of like the seventies and the eighties, I guess, in terms yeah, of like white, right. white nationalism mean, in in Britain. BBC was still doing blackface at that time, weren't they? Yeah, yeah, fucking still hell, yeah, that, it? yeah. <laughs> the, more, the, more, the more you say, the more ridiculous and and awful this this uh, this claim by the Countryside Alliance seems. Yeah, it's genuinely ridiculous. I'm just shocked, really. Hmm. I don't know if they've uh, put anything out recently that. That says that is the thing. Have you um, have you any experience around that? No, I think the the last thing I saw along this along these lines was um, I think there was like a, pay, a, a an article in the the Telegraph from a, a either a huntsman or a huntsmaster trying to compare the um, so called oppression that that hunt the hunting community faces um, with with the you know the the correct prejudice and oppression that that, uh gay and and lesbian and and like queer more more broadly those communities face i think that must have been from maybe three or four years ago um see that's that's not too long ago and i've i've heard so many like instances and experienced so many instances of people in the hunting community being very like homophobic or anti-queer and stuff like that and it's just shocking that a huntsman himself is is equating his struggle, well, struggles, quote unquote, with uh, with that of uh, the LGBTQ community and stuff like that. It's just, it's it's insane that this is a position that these people take. Yeah, yeah, no, completely. But it's it's one they keep. I think they keep coming back to it because that was from a few years ago. But there's, uh, 
oh gosh, I should have I should have looked it up really. But there's quite a f- I remember reading there's uh, quite a funny anecdote or story about how the Countryside Alliance were trying to use this. Uh, the oppression of hunting is the same as the oppression of of gay people um back before the hunting ban and they try going into gay pubs to, to talk about it or they try going into a specific gay club or gay pub to talk about it and um they just got completely laughed out of the out of the uh, venue um so you're right i'm glad <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um but they they keep coming back to it they, well they're just you know desperate to cling on to yeah, their bloodlust <laughs> um yeah anyway uh yeah thanks thanks for um like res- responding to that because um yeah it's, it's a bit of a big one to unpack in it <laughs> <laughs> yeah I, how, how did you come across that like that that quote that advertisement and that that um article to begin with um oh just because i because i'm quite interested in just the the sort of nitty-gritty of hunting and and sabbing i have i look at things like academic reviews and and look at the kind of yeah the and i I think i must have just come across it when i was searching around for stuff around the hunting ban and probably came across their argument that they were using about it being a white british cultural tradition uh and then and then i think probably searched google for for more stuff about it and came across this this paper oh, it's uh, really interesting because i mean even in my limited experience it is limited but I've, I've i've never seen anything like this come out of the hunts but this is obviously something that like you say they come back to and they actually think on an institutional level yeah i think it's the sort of thing they probably talk about uh, within themselves at a, a high level and maybe they the sort of thing they're trying to bring to parliament or, or something oh, like that but it's not probably not the sort of thing that you're hearing out in the field yeah um yeah because i think that, that i guess a lot of it rests on the fact that before the hunting ban basically it seemed that their primary argument was that a hunting ban would kill their way of life the sort of the countryside way of life uh oh, and jesus I yeah mean, the hunting hunting is not the bn and be all and end all of of the countryside life like, there's a lot more to it like, yeah actually. there's there's i mean there's <laughs> there's so much to it really and and the fact that they're trying to use this um really shows that they well well they need to get a fucking life really <laughs> <laughs> well it's like the most the most of the like most of the tip-offs that we get when it comes to hunts is actually from people living in the communities themselves yeah exactly downright despise the hunt so it's definitely not a part of the countryside life it's just ridiculous that they see themselves as so integral to it Mm. yeah no it's it's true um and which is why i think you know ultimately even if they don't even if some of them believe the this kind of thing i think when it's being wheeled out by the by the countryside alliance you know i think they're they're being they're using it as a as a tactic and i don't think they really believe it in any meaningful way they're they're, they're just using what whatever arguments they can to try and you know defend their their way of life but obviously their way of life is is hunting and killing (laughs) so yeah yeah um yeah okay so uh let's see uh where am i okay yeah so the next question that i had was more broadly about how animal rights but you said you haven't really been involved with with that so i guess sort of how sabbing may or or does relate to other social struggles you said you had a little bit or some experience in, in um in other sort of protest campaigns and things like that so I, d- I don't know if you had any thoughts on on how they interact or you know how they can support each other well i think i think all of these issues are intrinsically linked um hunt hunt sabotage well being a hunt saboteur is is about protecting not necessarily just protecting but actively being against the murder that happens out in the countryside to our wildlife uh and that in itself ties itself to very basic like ecologically based things in it because you're preventing the wildlife that's in an area from from being killed so you're allowing the natural processes to to basically play their part and do their thing in it uh yeah you know like foxes badgers hares uh even even like game birds that are being shot like it's all, all of the part that involves a hunt is is damaging to the countryside and the environment 
uh, they like to say they're controlling populations when it comes to like game bird shooting. But at the same time, around 60 odd million uh, pheasants are being released out into the countryside for the purpose of shooting. So it's, it's yeah, I think it's very intrinsically linked to, to all the other ecological movements that are happening around the same time as now. I mean, there's, re there's this recent occasion where we was doing a stall over over in Bolton, Manchester Hunt Subs, and uh, we actually had the stall next to um, Animal Rebellion, I think. Okay. Was it was it actually Extinction Rebellion? I'm not too sure whether it was one or the other. But we were having a really good conversation about how intrinsically linked these these sorts of issues are because, like I was saying, I mean, it's, it's the destruction of the countryside and the wildlife in it that we as Sabs are fighting against. Mm. Um, and a lot of people don't really focus on the conservation aspect when it comes to their own country. They'll focus on conservation in like Africa and stuff like that. But there's loads of environmentally damaging stuff that happens within our own country, like the burning of uh, peat moss to, to, to get heath that pheasants can obviously eat, which in turn, you know, boosts their numbers, which shooters use as an excuse for population control, even though they're probably the ones who are burning the heat in the first place, isn't it? Um, stuff like that, isn't it? Like it's, it is, it is intrinsically linked to all the other struggles. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I've, uh, yeah. Talk about like extinction rebellion or animal rebellion. I've, I thought one, one, uh, I guess like, uh, fancy that I've, I've had, uh, is, is the idea that maybe on, on boxing day, you can get the animal rebellion, not, down to your local kennels and um just hem hem the hunting so they can't even get out that day <laughs> they love sitting right. on roads I mean, and stuff <laughs> if anyone doing any extinction or animal rebellion is listening to this you know you get some ideas now come on get in contact <laughs> with us <laughs> uh, one one other sort of uh yeah one other uh justice movement um that i can see uh sabbing having some interaction with but it's one i think i don't know to what extent it's been uh they've had contact but there is sort of a growing uh land justice movement in the uk a big part of which involves getting more people of color out into the countryside yeah. um and you know that has there are a lot of to my understanding there are a lot of individuals and, and groups that you know are you know driven led by or entirely composed of people of color themselves who are trying to make this more of a, a thing because you know i've lived in in villages and stuff for probably half my life and and the number of uh non non-white people that you see just on a day-to-day -day, like even apart from sabbing and, and hunting um is minimal <laughs> minuscule well, that's really interesting because I've, I've actually i've uh i've not heard of any of this so please do you tell me more about it yeah um I, there's uh the only name that comes to my mind at the moment is there's an instagram account called um i think it's called black girl hiking um but she, you know she's like a trying to build um sort of i guess like an influencer account to try and encourage more british black british people uh to uh get into the countryside not not just doing the you know standard like walking across cat bells or whatever um yeah. but uh just using footpaths through local villages and, and things like that and and all of the you know all of the positives that come with potentially come with being out in the countryside um but it's it's tied into the there's there is a specific group or movement i guess just called land justice uk uh, and they're, they're the ones who've been organizing things like mass trespasses Oh, I, yeah. Um, but I think, and uh, yeah, and I think a big part of that is crucially breaking down the the um, the, the white wall of of rural uh, Britain, certainly of rural England. <laughs> um, and I, I guess, yeah, I, I'm rambling on about that because it um, just just seems like that. Hunt, hunt sabbing and, and the land justice movement could have a very close relationship um yeah definitely well it was like we were talking about earlier like it gets you out using like uh stuff that isn't marked down as a footpath and stuff like that in it it gets you out in the countryside being able to especially for a city cyclone myself being able to see the different aspects of the countryside that you wouldn't regularly see 
on your drive down a tourist spot out in Lake District. And uh, yeah, they definitely would tie to tie to each other yeah. pretty well. Yeah, and uh, and this perhaps ties into to my final question, which is about um, you know making uh, making Sabu more diverse. Um, but what what's uh, I, I don't know if you have any thoughts on on how to uh, yeah sort of how to make how to encourage more people that perhaps aren't white European um, into 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 sabbing if if there is you know not that it needs to be a big project or anything because obviously people are free to make their own decisions about what they do and, and don't want to do but I, I don't know if you have any thoughts on, on why sabbing is is so white um, and and how maybe that that may change I think really it's it's an outreach kind of thing because I mean I never heard of sabbing before I was a vegan or be involved in any sort of activist communities. Um, so I think very much in terms of like, the cities themselves as well, uh, getting getting word out there of sabbing and sabbing activities, a really good way to do that will be to go into vegan fairs, having stalls, uh, leafleting, flyer and stuff like that, but just well, using social media as well to, to hammer the point that hunting still goes on and there are still people uh, doing direct action to prevent it. But just getting the word that that sort of thing exists out there, because I know I know a lot of people of color who who are vegan, who are uh, interested in protecting wildlife, or while they are like ecologically minded, mm. so to speak. Um, it's, again, it's really just about getting getting the word out there that seven exists, and people people will come, people will get involved if they uh, feel like it. I suppose. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I guess Sabbing suffers from struggling to get people out in the first, like, regardless of who they are. Oh, too right. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, yeah, I, I think you're right. Um, it's, um, yeah, I, it's, I, th- I think it could, you know, really benefit by tapping into or like, yeah, trying to expand expand the outreach. But I guess it's, I, I didn't know if you if you had any if you thought. That there's something almost sort of inherent to sabbing that may put may put people of color off, um, or if that that is not the case at all. No, not in the slightest. I mean, in my personal experience, being being a personal color didn't personal color didn't really impact me getting involved in sabbing in the first place. I mean, for for the most part, I didn't even see sabs faces because on social media, <laughs> black locked out in it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but. It, it didn't have any bearing of my, my decision to, to actually get involved in sabbing, really. Uh, mm. And I don't think it would for any other people who are, who are into that sort of stuff. Because like, like we were saying earlier, sabbing tends to be a very progressive environment. Um, so you know you're going to get that support from people when it comes to to, to like anti-oppression based around racism and so on, stuff yeah. like that. Um yeah. Uh, again, I can only speak from my experience, but it wasn't wasn't really a factor in it. Hmm. And was it um, going all the way back to to the beginning? Did you you said you kind of started following the the Manchester Sabs page? Is that kind of essentially how you first became aware of Sabbing? Is just by kind of stumbling stumbling on on their Instagram page or something? Yeah, I'm not even sure how I even came across it in the first place. I'm not sure if I recommended or something, but. I just came across it and I thought, oh, these guys are actually doing good work. Once I started getting into it and reading about what they were doing and reading all the hit reports and stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's really interesting though because um, my partner, her family has been involved in Sabin like way before the ban. Mm. Um, so I, 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 was, I wasn't even aware of that until after I became a Sab. Because <laughs> I started talking to them about, it and they were like, "Oh, yeah, yeah." A couple of members of the family got involved in that sort of stuff. Oh, nice! But it's 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 really interesting, isn't it? But mm. I mean, if that's if that's the case. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, I that's basically everything that I had to ask. Um, is there anything that you wanted to say or share or or ask or anything like that? Well, I mean. Not, not that I can think of right now. I suppose, uh, just, just, just that. I mean, obviously, a lot of part of being a sub is solidarity with your teammates in it. So, mm. I mean, if if there are any sub groups out there who or people of color 
listening who are subs to this podcast and just you know or, or subs subgroups with people of color in them just just keep in mind that solidarity is key in it yeah. <laughs> I, I obviously don't need to tell a lot of people but supporting people of color out in the field uh is is a really good way to keep them engaged in in sabbing because well like i was saying now that i know my teammates are on the ball with that sort of stuff mm. it's it's encouraged me to go out more with them because again i know they've got my back and it's just it's a very important part of i think being a sub group is that cohesion with your other subs Fuck up! I heard you in your country 